0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: Yes, sir. Welcome to hour number two. We take you up until 10 o'clock. Big week. It's not only uh, the start of the high school state championship series that begins on Thursday. I think there's a teacher work day or an off day on Friday. So uh, to not blow the three-day weekend, I think a lot of the administrators are saying, hey, let's play Thursday. So that's what they're doing. They're playing Thursday, a lot, bulk of the games throughout the state. But there are still some Friday games. uh, Uh... not the games that you go, hey, you know, guess who's playing this week? Yeah, There's a couple of contests uh, statewide that could go in either direction, but for the most part, all all that starts next week and then the week after, uh, the week before, or the uh, Friday of Thanksgiving. And then, obviously, it's Miami and Florida. It's uh, our Florida State. It's FSU week. Uh, win, lose, or draw, it's FSU week. Last year, Miami uh tasted defeat in a major way and uh, this year come in as uh, pretty much two touchdown underdogs in Tallahassee on Saturday at 3 30. Um, Chris Knee's been covering Florida State for a long time and uh, like I said in the beginning of the show there's nobody that I've ever worked with that has been so even tempo when FSU is down and Looking for a new coach. Struggling through the first couple years. Chris was always looking for some bright spots. Rolling with the punches. Now that FSU is easily one of the top four teams in the country. um, He's taking a look at things from a a different perspective. And he's kind enough to join us this evening. Chris, thanks so much for taking the time. uh, For uh, so many years when this game was pitting fsu and miami which either they were both top 10 or top five it was one of those games where game day was there uh this year not so much it's uh gonna still be packed it's still a rivalry uh but florida state is uh, right now kind of light years ahead
2: Yeah, I mean, this game is one of those classics. It's one of those that you look at the history of it, they've had some games some years where the entirety of both starting 22s for both teams, starting 11s on each side of the ball, those are NFL roster guys. And, uh, you know, I know Miami's struggling a little bit this year in that it doesn't have a number next to their name going into this game against number four FSU, but both of those rosters are still pretty talented. And Miami's got plenty of dudes that are going to end up playing on Sundays. And Rivalry games are weird. Traditionally, sometimes they go a little sideways and they definitely don't play the script. So, while well, FSU was favored by two touchdowns, and I think I saw that, you know, two touchdown favorite, FSU again in this rivalry has never lost. Um, you know, it's still a rivalry game and it's still weird. And Miami probably in many ways feels like their back's against the wall. And FSU's playing for some big things. They're trying to play for the ACC, they're trying to play for the college football playoffs, but that's a lot of pressure. And Miami, on the same token doesn't have near as much pressure because in reality, they're just playing for respect.
1: Right. And they've already qualified for a bowl, so uh, they accomplished that part. And last year, I know that was probably the most frustrating part as you guys went through that a couple of years ago, not being in a bowl game and then seeing all the teams that are, like East Tennessee State and, you know, New Mexico, (laughs) A&M, And you're saying, what? How can we not be in, but they're in? And obviously, Florida State went through the growing pains for a couple of years. And I remember you saying, hey, listen, you know, if we do it the right way, and they have. Uh, uh, You know, I I told you the first time I met Coach Norvell when he came down for a meet and greet in Boca Raton, I was sold. I was sold because he had a plan, that he had success where he had been. Uh, He kind of knew uh, what he wanted to do and sometimes you know as well as I do it's tough to convey that to the to the fan base because all they know is we got to win now and and that's what Miami's going through. They pretty much, as you know have one of the worst rosters they've had, if probably ever last year and they had to kind of turn that around, which they did and had 39 40 kids. but a lot of the young kids that they have right now, are freshmen and sophomore, and it's not easy to build around that. What you learned over the last couple years from Florida State in building is obviously you could do it from a number of ways, through the portal, uh, through recruiting, and they have had a plan uh, that worked. Talk about that because I think that's probably the most important part is you look at their transfers and kids that have come in out of the portal they're actually really carrying them
2: yeah so they've done a very good job well first and foremost you got to have a quarterback and jordan travis has been a huge piece of the puzzle in tallahassee his development his evolution the confidence he's learned to play with the confidence that the staff has to put the offense in his hands that's a huge thing that's kind of first and foremost they also fix the offensive line here. They had to go to the portal to do that, as you know. It's very tough to play very young offensive linemen. You can definitely ruin an offensive lineman as a freshman in a college game because while they get beat up very much physically, so when you get a guy who's got thirty, forty snaps under his belt, that does help. The thing they've done a very good job of is for every transfer they've got, for example, Jared Verse on the defensive line, they have a younger guy they developed within the program. I'll pick Patrick Payton as the converse of Jared Verse. Yes. Pat's from down your way. They gave him time. He was ACC defensive freshman in a year last year as a second-year player. And this year, he's turned into a really good every-down defenseman that plays opposite of Jared And There's a lot of examples of that. They got Josh Farmer, who's homegrown, playing beside Braden Fisk, who they got from Western Michigan. Linebacker group, they got Tatum Bethune, who's a transfer from UCF. He's a second-year guy at FSU, beside homegrown talent like Kalen Deloach. And you can flip to the offensive side of ball and point at that, too. But, you know, on offense, Jordan Travis was a transfer, yes, but he's been at the a long time. Receiving core has Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, but also has homegrown guys like Ja'Kai Douglas, who stepped up big last week, so on and so forth. You can kind of point to that. So I think the thing they've done a great job of is they've built the roster from every direction that you're allowed to, and they've done a very good job of hitting at a high rate on guys. They've also invested a lot of time into a lot of young guys and now Mm -hmm. developed them into dependable players. And the other thing is that this program, I've said this before on your show, it's run very consistently every single day and it has been for years. Even after that Jacksonville State loss when they're 0-4 a few years ago, the way Mike Norvell and his staff acted is the exact same way they act now that they're 9-0 and 7-0 and in the ACC. They're, they're very much about work, they're very much about the everyday investment in one another. They're very much about a optimism and a belief in one another that if we do what we need to do, things will take care of themselves and be successful. So it took time. It's definitely not linear. There was some peaks and valleys to it, but it's worked out. And they've done an excellent job of building a roster that they can win with, but also investing into guys that they already had on that roster. And that's allowed them to win, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, And you make some good points, Chris, especially there was a time where FSU wasn't recruiting South Florida very well. And then all of a sudden, they – Come in here, get a few kids. As you said, Patrick Payton, who when he started out at Miami High, was a safety. And then he ended up going to Northwestern and became a defensive end. Here's a kid who's done a tremendous job. And, the, and then you look at the kid Portier from Miami Palmetto and Hakeem mm-hmm. Williams, who came this year uh, from Stranahan, who has uh, done a tremendous job for him. And as you mentioned, Bethune, uh, who played yeah, at and Miami Conrad Central. Yeah, Conrad Hussey's another one. Hussey. Right, who was a lot of people have talked about, you know, him being one of those guys down the, you know, down the line because of his speed, you know, and, and being St. Thomas bred and having an opportunity, uh, you know, to learn. Then Omar Graham, who we watched a couple of years ago, who, you know, kind of started off his career as a running back and then he turned into a, a linebacker. So there's an infusion of that South Florida talent. And that, I think, you look back in the years that FSU kind of dominated, and there was a lot of Marvin Jones type of guys, and you know, guys like you know, um, uh, some of the kids like the Danny McManus and then Danny Cannell, who we talked about earlier the, t- this evening because his alma mater, Westminster, is playing for a state title this week. Uh, but you look at those type of guys, and, and Ashley, and some of the kids who made their way from South Florida and and were really difference makers. Uh, you know, Snoop Minnis, who, who we talked to a lot as well. But the one thing, and I know you've been around this uh, rivalry for a while. This is a respect rivalry. This isn't Florida, Florida State where, you know, everybody doesn't like one another. This is one of those respect rivalries, and I think you could probably trace it back into the 70s with Schnellenberger and Bobby Bowden, who kind of like were buddies, you know, and then always wanted to, you know, clash each other in in an environment where it was healthy. Talk about that, because I I think people miss, you know, kind of the picture, Chris, because this is one of those rivalries where a lot of these kids have been playing against each other since they were 10,
2: Yeah, there's a familiarity for a lot of kids. With a lot of South Florida kids on both rosters and a lot of kids that both schools have mutually recruited, uh, there's a crossover to it all. And, you know, historically there's no doubt. I mean, this game for so many years, one of the two teams was going to compete for a national title. I'm talking back in the 80s and the early 90s. And then in the 2000s, it's been one of those games where, you know, one team might be having a better season than the other, but the other team can kind of derail the season by upsetting their opponent. It's been a battle. Um, you know, you're talking about those South Florida guys that were key pieces for FSU. I would argue Delvin Cook in recent years and another one. Delvin probably kept this place from going sideways for a year or two before yep. it really did because he was so good. In this game especially, he was unbelievable. And, you know, as I think back to having covered this will be, I think, my 22nd Miami FSU game, well, actually 23rd game, 22nd year, covering these two against one another, You know, it's amazing how many times it's been a guy that both schools wanted or was from down that way or somebody that Miami came up here and took away from FSU. That was Mm -hmm. a deciding factor in that game. And I I think it's just tough. If you've been a fan of one of these two schools and you've watched 20 or 30 of these games, you understand that sometimes great players make great plays, and that's why games are decided. And I think that creates a... uh, I'm not going to act like the two schools like each other, but it creates no. a certain level of sort of mutual respect and understanding that, like, like I know Reuben Bain's a dude for Miami. You know, an FSU recruited the hell out of Ruben Bain and obviously came up short for a guy from the backyard who has a lot of family ties to the U.N. program. You know that's a dude. Like, he's one of those guys that at some point in his rivalry he's probably going to make a big play. I just think that's cool for people that are way into the recruiting part of it and also the on-field part of it.
1: You know, and and you take a look at this week, and as you said, FSU has so much to play for. I mean, they're in a situation where, you know, you'll put them against anybody. I mean, and they're proven that they could win those games. Yeah, there was a Boston College game or another, but that's going to happen. That's always going to yeah. happen. And that's what we talked about earlier, how the ACC has become, it's not a surprise anymore. It's not a surprise if a Georgia Tech wins or Virginia beats North Carolina, you know, or or Louisville buries Notre Dame or, you know, Miami beats a Clemson because that's the parody of the league. Uh, FSU obviously is a little bit head and shoulders above everybody and, I'm excited. I'm excited uh, for the future, future of both teams, and especially for this series that's going to go on for quite some time. Chris, let everybody know how they can follow you, especially this week, because I know you're going to unleash some pretty decent stories.
2: The website's is Knowles247.com. Our Twitter is Knowles247. I'm C-N-E-E-247 on Twitter, and you can find us that way.
1: Good stuff. Chris, I can't thank you enough. You always bring it Thanks, strong. Mark. You're one of the best guests, and uh, you're a top-notch person, too. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Thank you. Have a great day.
1: Good stuff. Chris nee, uh Knowles 247 um, one of the more respected people in the profession. Uh, tells it like it is. Doesn't ever throw anybody under the bus. Got to like that stuff. University of Miami Sports Medicine Institute experts, you know they treat athletes of all levels, elite pros, active adults, and youth athletes. Recover your game. Visit uhealthsportsmedicine.com. That's uhealthsportsmedicine.com. And you know, all football season long, we've told you that AutoNation will buy your car. Doesn't matter why you're letting it go or what you're searching for in your next vehicle, AutoNation is paying you top dollar For your vehicle and you don't have to buy one from them all football season long we made it easy on yourself by going to AutoNation.com or stopping in for a super easy appraisal now that appraisal value you get is valid for seven days or 500 miles whichever comes first best of all you receive your payment right on the spot all transactions are subject to in-store verification vehicle condition and mileage c-store for details some restrictions, as you know, may apply. What drives you drives us at AutoNation. When we come back, we talk a little bit more. High school football players. playoffs. Dan LaForest from Central Florida Scoreboard Show is next.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,